It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, glad you could uh, join us again this week for our show. If you're listening on the podcast or going to the Krista Radio website and pulling it up saying, I wonder what Doug's got to say today. This is a this is a message I gave a while ago. Actually, I've presented this message numerous times over the years. I, I probably, I, I think I can say probably dozens uh, because loss today, it's, the topic again is, is about loss and uh, just thriving through it and, and uh, learning how to commandeer some of these changes that happen in our life as, uh, at any age, really. Uh, but as we commandeer through life, no one escapes this life without some challenges. That's just the way it's designed. That's the way it's meant to be. And as we realize we connect with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and with one another in the fellowship of believers, we commandeer a lot of ground we never thought we could ever imagine facing. Just a little over a year ago, I I had a something I never thought I would have because I'm I'm really kind of a mellow guy uh, uh, most of the time. You can get me excited, but uh, had a massive heart attack. And uh, well, my wife said I didn't have a heart attack. I always forget what it is, my, but my heart malfunctioned, and and uh, they thought I was a goner, and then then they thought I had brain damage, pretty pretty good brain damage, and and I tried to convince them now that that had always been there, and I'd been able to work around it, but <laughs> and they let me out, uh, but I I remember laying there in the hospital thinking, oh my goodness, man, how what did I what's going on here, so. Sometimes it can be even the loss of your health. You you kind of realize, man, I've, I've taken a lot of things for granted in my life. And that's one of the gifts that I think love uh, that loss can bring us. It can, in a funny way, take us all the way back around to being grateful. And I know, I know, I feel people, I feel people, I really do. And I know many listening today probably are facing losses that are just astounding and 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 I just pray that right now just the Lord's arms would be just felt by you wrapped around you and embracing you. But I think you'll enjoy the message today and I'll be back later and have a few more things to say. Facing loss and turning losses into gains, I'm going to share a little bit of the close of the book of Job. We started our series wanting to learn from the book of Job the answer to the question, why do good people have bad things happen to them? And also, with the conviction that the Bible seems to suggest, or clearly suggests in many passages, that suffering and pain is the way to gain. And we want to discover how to do that. We started off observing that the book of Job and its attempts to answer for us this question, why do bad things happen to good people, starts off with a story of the, the most perfect person in the whole planet, the one who's the most famous, he also happened to be the richest, and the most well-liked, and then the story starts off with the best man in the whole world, what happens to him is he loses everything. And by the time we get to the second chapter of this particular book we started on, the book of Job, the guy isn't, even, isn't only stripped of everything of his exterior life, but he also loses his interior identity. His identity as a right, righteous person and a well-liked person, well-managed life, and he's under scrutiny and accusation, and he doesn't even know who he is anymore. He has lost absolutely everything. 
We go on for 40 and a half chapters in the story. It's a great book of him asking why. And his three buddies trying to figure out why bad things happen on this planet and specifically why they happen to Job. Now, I'm going to be honest, especially for those of you today who are seeking the Lord and haven't decided yet if you're going to make your choice for the Lord. But I want to talk to us too, who are believers, and then challenge us to a little honesty. I've studied and studied and studied this summer the whole issue of the problem of pain and evil. Why do we lose? Why do bad things happen to us? And I concluded that there's really no answer given in the Bible. In fact, there's no answer that is logically palatable. I'm sorry for those who believe that the book, the Bible, is an answer manual. I've got a shock for you. There are certain things God didn't bother explaining. The conclusion the book of Job will lead you to is this. There is no rational explanation for why there is evil on planet Earth. And there's no reasonable explanation why bad things happen to good people. It frankly does not make sense. We have to say, if we're honest people, that if God is God, He could create a world where men, with free will even, would choose not to sin. I'm sorry, I believe He could if He wanted to. I understand that by our free will we introduced evil into the earth. I understand it. But by the free will of a created angel who fell, called Satan, that, along with our joining with his rebellion, has really fouled up things. Brought evil and loss and disease into this planet. Ultimately, that is not a good explanation, though. That tells us why. I mean, it tells us what, but it doesn't tell us why. Why did God even allow that to happen? The book of Job goes on and on and on. They ask God this question. They indict God. They indict one another. They indict everybody imaginable. Job does tell us very clearly it is right. The evil is introduced by Satan into this planet. That he is the one who seeks to destroy. And the book does make it clear that you can be destroyed at your moment of loss. There's no doubt. You can be destroyed. The book of Job conclusively states, though, that that is not necessary. In fact, you can become a more noble and greater person when you suffer. In fact, a good subtitle for this message today would be, Why did Job die a happy man? Because he did. Even though he suffered the greatest losses, he died a happy man. The book of Job is marvelous because the book finishes with Job screaming out, Why? God says basically two things. One, you couldn't understand it if I explained it to you. Your brain's too puny. And we've got this idea that God's real nervous about whether we believe in Him or not. Like He wants to get everything lined up because He's just scared to death you might not believe in Him. Hey, when you're God, you don't sweat stuff like that. I mean, the, the one who ought to be sweating is you. I mean, it's like it really scares Him that you say... He's not real. Ooh, he's just threatened. I mean, it just, just, just he's, he's really, his self-esteem is so weak and fragile. There's someone as powerful, as notable as we would say he's not real. I'm sure he's crushed. And that's the way the Bible pictures him. He doesn't care. 
And he looks at Job and he says, you're too stupid to understand, so I'm not going to try. That's the way it concludes. Secondly, he, the real reason he doesn't even try, as you look at the book, is he basically says, hey, Job, because evil has been introduced into this world and because evil is so illogical, there's no logical explanation for it. And never forget that. This world is not normal. It's one of the reasons you can't explain evil in normal, linear, rational category. I mean, let's face it. It is insane to disobey the maker of your very being, wouldn't you say? But how many here have? Come on, how many have? You're insane, you're nuts, the whole bunch of you. And the problem, you are the problem with explaining this, and so am I. We're illogical. We don't make sense. The Bible also says, and the book of Job finishes this way, that, that God didn't answer the why question like we thought He should. He didn't do that. He didn't answer why. He answered it totally differently. He, he, in, fact, he in fact, like Jesus always did, asked another question. He says, who? He says, who? He answered the why by telling us who. And you finish the book of Job with him discovering he didn't ever get a satisfactory why in terms of philosophical, categorical explanations. But he did end up, the Bible says, seeing God. Remember Job's famous phrase, I once heard of you, but now I've seen you, which is a Hebrewism, which is the language the Old Testament is written in and the culture from which the Bible emerges from, the Hebrew culture, which simply means... I now am enlightened within. He could see within. And the Bible also says he died full of years. The Bible says that Job made his losses gains because he discovered who is God. And God, in answering this question, why do bad things happen to good people, sent his son to suffer the same agonies we do and sent his Holy Spirit to empower us with His presence while we're in the middle of our suffering. He is with us there. He sent a who. He didn't take time to answer why. Now, I believe one day we'll know why. I've never read nor met anybody who can give me a fully logical explanation as to why right now. But I know when you read the Bible that the explanation I just gave you this morning, I mean, in all humility, is the most reasoned and most reasonable that the Bible offers. But ultimately, it doesn't really tell you why. But I do believe one day we will know why. And we will be capable of handling that information. Right now, the book of Job finally leaves us with this task and challenge. Our issue isn't necessarily to get all the whys nailed down. Our call by God is to live through it in Him. Yeah, as you listen to the message, you can see there really are some benefits to loss. If you take the right inventory... As I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about it. If you, if you use the right scorecard, if you uh, take the right assessment, just about every occurrence in life has something that uh, you get to look at and consider and experience more of Him, which is really, I deduced a long time ago that the ultimate purpose of my life, the ultimate purpose, was not just to have a good time. That's kind of what our culture breeds in us. The American way is, uh, you know, the pursuit of happiness is our main thing. But actually, if you read the book 
And if you really think about it, the ultimate purpose of our life is to enjoy God and to know Him. And ultimately, that'll take you down some roads of discovery that (laughs) I I can assure you, if I could have voted on a couple of them, I would have vetoed it. But you don't get that. And the Holy Spirit is with you the whole time. And there is what the Bible calls this spirit of revelation, where all at once your spirit and your mind gets illuminated and you say, aha, now I get this. And you begin to see a side of God you never saw before. And some of you who are listening, my prayer is that in your moment of loss, which I don't want to trivialize, but in your moment of loss, that your eyes would be opened and you would see a new side to everything about you you maybe would have missed by the grace of the Spirit. So enjoy as you listen, and I'm glad you could be with us today. This month, we'd like to make an offer available from our friends at Faith Life Bible. For any gift at our website, dougmirrenradio.com, you will receive this month the hard copy Bible from Faith Life. This study Bible is loaded with the latest in Bible scholarship and will be sent right out to you by our friends at Faith Life. Or you may mail gifts to Doug Murin, caught on tape at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Please forward any questions to doug.murin at gmail.com. You will love this hard copy illustrated Bible. You can also receive an offer from Faith Life and the Murin Group for Bible software packages by any size gift at dougmurinradio.com in the gift section. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. Right at the top, the number one thing people said they gained from their losses was an ability to be empathetic and compassionate with others when they experienced loss. They could feel what other people's pain was. They also said, some of them said when they experienced loss, they found out what was really important to them. That's great. One guy said he became a deeper person, that he was pretty shallow till he'd experienced loss. One person said, I discovered that I was open to new possibilities. In other words, they said they'd realized they had a limited view as to where happiness could come from in their lives, and they discovered there were a lot of other sources for happiness than they'd ever imagined when they experienced loss. Another person said they found they could live through it, which surprised them. (laughs) Doesn't that start off with the first part of our series where we said the fear of loss often is more poignant and powerful and painful than loss itself? One person said they found that when they lost, experienced loss in their life, that they found new friends that became sources of strength for the rest of their life. Another person said they found out who really cared about them. Another person said they found out it was okay to be weak. A man wrote this down. It was okay to be weak. They'd worked hard to be strong all their life, and they found out it was okay to cry, be weak. One person said they found out how much they really cherished the people around them. Another person said an interesting thing. They found that God replaces all that we lose with something better and more of it. And it sounded a little bit like Mark chapter 10 when the disciples came to Jesus and were bragging about how much each had given up to follow Jesus. And Jesus overheard it and he said, Hold it, guys. Can it? Zip the lip and listen here. He said, No one here has given up houses or lands or family except that, now get this, except that in this life, you're going to receive a hundredfold. Now what he was telling them is stop looking at what you've lost or you're going to miss what you've gained. Mike uh, Meeks told a great story to the college group on Friday night uh, about a company, a shipping company that was trying to hire a communicator to ride on their ships. And they called in a number of individuals in the waiting room to apply for this job. And they're all talking, wondering why they're waiting and waiting and waiting. No one's inviting them in to do the interview. It isn't going on. Finally, in the middle of this, one of the guys stands up and walks right through the door that has marked on a private 
and walks in the door, and they're all stunned. They stop and wonder, what's, what's with him? Where do you get all this brass? About five, ten minutes later, he walked back out, and he said, you can all go home. I've already got the job. They said, well, this is unfair. This is totally unfair. We didn't even get a chance to apply. And he said, oh, no, you did. What the boss had been doing, it was he was sitting in his room, and he had a, a, a code or, a, what do they call it, teletype in, the, in, the, in his office that came out through a little loudspeaker in the room, and he was tapping Whoever is the first one to hear this message and walk through the door marked private and walk into my office gets the job. And he just kept tapping this out in Morse code. And one guy out of all of them heard it and walked in the room, got the job. <laughs> now sometimes the replacement blessings are very subtly being spoken. And you've got to have an ear to hear it, to see it, eyes to see. That's what Job said. One guy said... They were stronger than they expected. They were surprised by their strength. Another person said, and I like this one, almost everybody who answered this little quiz for me answered this way in one way or another. I found that after I experienced loss, I wasn't so judgmental of other people. One said, I know God better. Another one said, I was willing to admit my faults. Another said, when they had lost, they were able to write better poetry and be more creative. Another one said, I found I could live with less than I ever thought I could. Another one said, I gained insights to help others. I like this one. Another person said, I appreciated my past gains more due to my losses. And as they described losing a race, said they appreciated the ones they'd won a lot more when they lost. Finally, I'll conclude with this. This was probably the most poignant one that I came across. One of them said, I found that in the middle of thy loss, when I paused to give thanks, when I paused to give thanks in the middle of loss, I found the skill of thankfulness that nourishes my soul. And they wrote this phrase, I found that thanks nourishes my soul. And I wouldn't have known that except that I experienced loss. Now that's just a sampling. I have many more that they wrote down. We grow immeasurably when we face loss. God is seizing this time to do that. I'm going to conclude before we receive our offering this morning with a little close to a, to a, to a play written by a guy named McLeish called J.B., it's a contemporary rewrite of the book of Job. The last scene in this play, the wife says to Job, you cried for justice your whole life, and when you get to the end, you find out there is no justice. In other words, there's no why. You get to the end of your life, and you find out it isn't a why, but it's, it's a who, and you find out that it isn't justice, but it's love that waits you. I thought that was powerful. Here's some words the Apostle Paul wrote. I'll conclude with this. He says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He says, Who is he that can condemn us? It's Christ Jesus who died more than that, was raised, and is at the right hand of the Father. And he says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sort? No. In all these things we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just want to conclude this series and say... A great skill in the middle of your loss is to count the bennies, measure the benefits, and realize this. You may not always get justice, but you will always receive love from God. 
Yeah, as you listen to the message, you can see there really are some benefits to loss. Hey, I've uh, tell, told this story sometimes uh, with great delight to numbers of usually leaders. And I, I talk about Joel, too, where, you know, he promises he'll restore to us the years the locusts have eaten. One of my favorite passages, because there is an ebb and flow to life. I don't know if you've noticed it, but life really doesn't have a gradual trajectory like climbing Mount Everest or something. There's a, there's a lot of ups and downs and valleys. and We hunger for those mountaintops, but a, a mountaineer explained to me when he climbed Mount Everest, he was stunned how many mountaintops he had to go beyond to get to the big mountain. And uh, I didn't sound like something I wanted to do to begin with, but he, he didn't encourage me. But we, we have things that we sometimes are challenged to face that we need to know and just say, hey, hey, what, what's going on here? There was a, a time in my life when I, I fancied leather coats. I, I don't know why my wife has accused me of being in, enamored with the, the Rolling Stones leather coats I saw on some album they had or something. Hey, that's a cool coat. But I had a coat that I loved. Uh, I'd save for it. I really did. I had to put my budget, and I really, really liked it. And while I was out speaking in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a few moons ago, I left that jacket in my room with my computers, with different things. And I came back, and someone had broken my room, and dug out, they'd stolen my leather coat. And I've got to tell you, I don't know if you have, you just have things you know you look cool in. I, I knew I, I knew I was looking, I knew I was looking good. I mean, all it was a great coat, and it was expensive. And doggone, somebody stole it. And uh, so that bothered me. And it was about a, a year later, I was asked to go speak in Australia. And I, I was speaking in Melbourne, Australia, to, to a very large group of pastors, several hundreds of pastors. And a gentleman walked up to me after the show, after the show, after the I'm doing a show now. Then I was supposed to be doing ministry. I, I hope it was better than a show. But he walked up and he said, "Hey, hey, I want to, I want to give you something." And I, you know, I've always been prone to liking people giving me stuff. So I said, "That sounds good." What is this? So I'll take you back to where you're staying, but I want to take you by a factory out. That'd be that'd be great. So we went to his factory. Turns out when we got there, this gentleman owned a leather coat factory, a leather coat factory in Australia. And he said, he started apologizing. He said, now, we've kind of run out of time. It's kind of late for you and all that. And the guys told me not to keep you out too late. Uh, so I went ahead and I picked out something for you out of our coat stock. I thought you might like it. And if you don't like it, you can come back tomorrow, whenever, before you leave. And I said, well, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have time to come back. I said, I'm just, you can give me anything. How'd you know my size? He said, oh, I, I, I do this for a living. He is kind of an Italian guy. I do this for a living. I size you up while you speak. So I said, okay. He said, you have longer arms. I took that into account. Okay. So we went back in there to his shed where he had this coat hung up. And I looked at it, and it was the exact same coat that I had stolen in Minneapolis about a year earlier. The exact same coat. And one of those ways that only God can speak to you in milliseconds, God reminded me, he said, see, I mean what I say. I'll restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. I am the one who will restore and will one-up any loss you have. But you have honored me and been gracious, and I'm giving this to you. 
receive it as a gift for me. And I, I don't know how, you know, he said, you know how God can talk in just milliseconds, all that comes at you. And I, I took that code, and man, I was stunned. But it was a great lesson, and I want to I leave that with you. They come back to you. Losses come back in many ways. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you know, I want to I want to conclude with two things. One, I am starting to do some evangelism training in local churches, and I realize that probably pastors don't have time to listen to the show like this, but some of you may, or you may have people in your church. And I'm spectacular at teaching people how to share their faith. I just, I just want to say I am. I, I'm proud of that. I, I'm spectacular at it. I I have led thousands and thousands of people to the Lord, and I think in every church there's about 10%, 15% of the church who do it easily. And we don't equip ourselves very well. So I've got a whole thing. I've done, I've trained thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, how to share their faith. And I've gotten a nod to go ahead and do that again. So if you would like to have a, a just a either a Tuesday, Wednesday night, or all day Saturday session where I can teach you how to share your faith effectively in ways that will blow your mind and shock you how easy it is and maybe even distract you from your fears. Feel free to reach me at Doug.Muren, M-U-R-R-E-N, at gmail.com. And just say, hey, Doug, I want to hear more about seminars. Or go to my website, which is DougMurenRadio.com, DougMurenRadio.com. Send a note there, because you'll see some comments about this. But this is sort of a special offer. I'm feeling in the mood to, to, to get these out there right now today. So thanks for listening today. If you want to help support the show, of course, go to my website. There are at my website at uh, DougMurenRadio.com. DougMurenRadio.com is my mailing address. And there's a place where you can go to PayPal and you can give to us there. It does cost money to stay on the air. And I do like to invest in research. I really do. And be available to events. And, And I have a number of people who are helping. We always can take more. Thank you. This month, we'd like to make an offer available from our friends at Faith Life Bible. For any gift at our website, DougMirrenRadio.com, you will receive this month the hard copy Bible from Faith Life. This study Bible is loaded with the latest in Bible scholarship and will be sent right out to you by our friends at Faith Life. Or you may mail gifts to Doug Murin, caught on tape, at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Please forward any questions to doug.murin at gmail.com. You will love this hard copy illustrated Bible. You can also receive an offer from Faith Life and the Murin Group for Bible software packages by any size gift at dougmurinradio.com in the gift section. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Muren is appreciated. You can write Doug Muren, caught on tape, at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurenRadio.com.